everybody. I'm Cameron. And I'm Zach. I know everything. I am angry at the world. Uh, yeah, that's the reaction to have at the end of this episode. Uh, so, welcome again to our podcast here. This uh, might be the last episode. Oh, gosh, Zach. It's not that bad, is it? Mm. <laughs> that growl should be very telling. So, yes, this is the Watching You Watch podcast, uh, where we are recapping se- uh, season one of Game of Thrones uh, with our theme that I've seen the show before and Zach has not. The pain is real. The pain is real, and it was delicious, this episode for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like this might be one of the first episodes in like a long chain of episodes, maybe, where I can really relish like Zach's expressions as he's watching the episode. Uh, we, we might have to toy with videotaping you and then putting these clips up on so the YouTube we get channel. Video capability. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't care if it looks like you know, like grainy crap. You know, I have shot make... lasers out of my eyes, and there is fire. And I was shooting out tears in literal geysers. <laughs> so let's talk about this episode a little bit. Uh, this is episode nine of season one, entitled Baylor. Uh, it is most oh, it is most notable for the death of Ned Stark. Mm-hmm. So rest assured, we will be talking about this. Yeah, but wait, was Baylor the person who they said Baylor at the end of the episode? Was that the yeah. person who like decapitated him, or is that no. the person? That uh, Baylor is the name of the sept. That's the church. Oh, um, so it's the sept at Baylor. It's uh, it's the place where they executed him. That's okay, what it's called. Fair Baylor. enough. All right, and, that makes um, sense. Uh, Baylor is a reference to also the statue that Arya was hiding uh, behind. So in that scene, oh, you see, yeah, she's there. Yeah, he. Well, Ned Stark sees Yorin, who's one of the Night's Watchmen. He was oh, down in, down okay. in King's Landing, and Ned Stark recognized him as he was being taken up on the platform. And he yeah, says to him, yeah. "Baylor," because he sees Arya up on the statue of Baylor, and he knows because you know soldier broship. Yeah, soldier broship. <laughs> so there you go. Well, I have a lot of questions this episode mm-hmm. for you. Uh, a lot of things happen in this episode, so we've got a lot to cover. Uh, a lot of a lot of major shakeups, a lot of change ups, change ups in the dynamics here. Mm-hmm. Uh, some new characters, even. Yes. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about, and I think instead of just doing your doing your recap, which you normally do, and I really enjoy them, <laughs> <laughs> I think what we need to do <laughs> is just go through chronologically the episode since my questions will sort of just fall along there anyway. So let's start literally right with the beginning of the episode with uh, Varys and Ned in the dungeon at King's Landing. Um, interesting scene all around. I love any scene where Varys talks to someone one-on-one because you know that you're going to get this like awesome bit of insight mm-hmm. about what's going on. Um, so in the scene, um, Varys basically claims to Ned, to Ned that he's on the side of peace, and he actually gets, like, angry at Ned. Like, he yells at him, mm-hmm. like, I've got to fight for peace, because no one else will. So what did <laughs> you make of that scene? It was very interesting. Uh, like, a lot of his past made sense of him being, like, an, in an acting troupe and stuff. That, I don't know, everything sort of fits into place. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And his whole f- vying for peace when keeping that in mind makes more sense because he's more of the mind that all players have to, you know, like sort of play their role the whole way through and then things will smooth out in the end, sort of like a play or a musical or something like that. And that's kind of how he's seeing it. But it's interesting because he's still like, if we're going to keep the analogy going, giving Ned director's notes on what he should be doing and reminding him of all the things you should be keeping in mind. Right. Because Ned is very bullheadedly thinking about like certain things in this point and he like really drives it home that's like it's not just about you yeah i know you're a soldier and you've been prepared to die ever since they trained you or whatever but like sansa's in trouble and we still don't know about Arya. i mean what mm. about your family your actions have consequences exactly because the thing that is is at that point like even from the scene before ned just sort of been like oh man if i get up there i'm just gonna like rip joffrey a new one i'm gonna go down fighting yeah I'm gonna that's what i would fighting. do as a soldier exactly and Varys was there to say, like, well, in lieu of that, let's try and go for peace. So, which is probably him, like, this is his bid at, you know, like, trying to stop the whole Lannister-Stark war and mm. all that other stuff because he wants to see peace in the realm. Yeah, he's quick to bring up, like, hey, because of this whole situation that you primarily instigated, mm-hmm. your son has taken an army down south. Exactly. And he's, like, bringing... He is making sure that Ned hears fully, with his ears, the consequences of his actions and how the world is reacting due to them. Because the thing with it is, is he ha- he very much has that mentality of, like, I'm a soldier and I do things and I do stuff. But I don't think that he's really, like, well, one, he can't see the consequences because he's in a dungeon. And two, I don't think he's really 
had time to think on them. And this may honestly be the only time he's ever heard about what his actions are causing. Yeah. Now that well, you think about I it. I mean, if when I mean, there's this whole backstory to, like, Ned that brought him to this point, you know, between fighting alongside with King Robert before he was king mm-hmm. in, in Robert's Rebellion and the whole thing with uh, Lyanna, his sister, and the death of oh, the Targaryens, yeah. and, and and Ned was involved in all of that, and yet what seemed to be, like, the unifying factor during all of that was, like, there, there's, there was a semblance of honor still present there that you could yes. operate that way, and Ned's been stuck in that ever since... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this whole thing started, except it's very clear now that that doesn't seem to be the same thing going on. Does it doesn't um, work? So, but I do like that you brought up the thing about Varys's past, because I was going to bring it up if you didn't, mm-hmm. how he said he was uh, involved in an acting troupe. And I think that's a really key point, because he, for so long, like, he played it so cool you know, he was, like, in public, he would be like, oh, like, I support the hand, because the hand is in favor of the king. But, like, as soon as, like, that didn't appear to be the case, he's like, oh, I support the queen, publicly. Like, that's what it looked like. And he's mm-hmm. always seeming to be acting. So my question about him is, does, is, is, do you think he's, like, acting in any, like, where, where do you draw the distinction of where he's acting and when he's not acting? Where I, do you think you can oh draw it? boy. I, and who is I he acting to and who is he not acting to? He's acting to the public eye, honestly, because he knows what his position is. That's how I feel it works. And also, I feel as like if he's acting all the time, and I think he even kind of said that. And it's good that you pointed out that he snapped, because that is one of the first times mm-hmm. we've seen him not delivering lines in, like, that very just sort of so do aloof you, way. Do you think that was, like, a key bit of, like, insight into him? Like, did you think for just a brief second we saw the real Varys there? For a bit, and even the fact that he, like, opened up to Ned about his past, because, I mean, like, with information brokers and bringing up past, that's, like, a big deal. That's, yeah. like, if Ned were to ever get out, I mean, like, he has more dirt on him. I don't think so he would to have say. told it to Ned, though, unless he thought that Ned was a dead man. Yeah, but he, but yeah, it's funny, because he just wants to make sure that the situation goes smoothly, and that everything is there, and mm. that, you know, no one walks off of their place in the scene. And mm. it's funny. I don't know. Maybe he feels himself somewhat of a director, which almost makes sense with the amount of, like, information and intel he knows about everything everywhere. It, it does seem to be that way, doesn't it? Um, and and yet he is... He's very selective, I think, about that information. It's really interesting. Oh, yes. um, so, um, you, he also says that he's in the on the side of peace, basically. He's going to fight <laughs> for peace. So, um, do you think... What what side do you think that he, would he have to side with to achieve peace? I feel like it would have to be Lannisters because they are ruling right now, and mm-hmm. in order to change that, there would have to be, you know, a death of the king. Right. So for peace's sake, he's with Lannisters because that will shed the least blood, at least at the time. Because right. any other option after that, like just him doing random things or like you know killing betrayers of the king, would be less than like the at least twenty thousand Lannisters and like. However many, I mean, 20,000 Starks and, like, a crap ton of Lannisters. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's the path But it's worth noting the Lannisters aren't the only options. Like, it's not just the Lannisters and the mm-hmm. Starks. Ned's quick to bring up, like, hey, by rights of succession, uh, uh, Stannis, Stannis should be king. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Oh, my goodness. So there's even more parties that could get drug in. Yeah. It would be the entire continent. It would be, like, a continental war, basically. Because big enough forces are moving, mm-hmm. things would, yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, because that seems to be the exact thing that thing that, that Varys is trying to prevent from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all interesting things all around there, but let's move yeah. on. So, um, as we move forward in the episode, we see uh, Rob show up at a place called The Twins. It's a new location. Yeah. Um, for for Game of Thrones, um, it's a bridge across a river, mm-hmm. and Rob is waiting there, um, with uh, his host of people. Yeah, <laughs> they're waiting to to get across this river. What did you make of this whole situation? Um, it was interesting. I was the character. Oh man, um, like old bridge man who likes his many wives. <laughs> um, is all in there, and once again, see some fabulous parenting. Oh, I fabulous know. Fabulous examples of I parenting. I feel like the parents of Westeros should get together and write a parenting book. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be great. George R.R., if you ever need some, like, pleasure writing. <laughs> it, it would be called, uh, 
How to Leave a Successful Legacy and Not Destroy Your Children. <laughs> Tywin Lannister. By Tywin Lannister. Fuck him. <laughs> Freaking Lannister knows. Um, yeah, and it would literally be how to, like, turn your child into some sort of sociopath. Yes. Uh, but we, we, this is our first meeting with Walter Frey. He's the Walter Lord. Frey. Walter Frey is his name. He's the Lord of the of the Twins. Uh, and, and Catelyn goes to meet with him. Oh, man, yeah. What were your first impressions of him? Um, that he was exactly like how he was in Harry Potter, except <laughs> just a little bit more foul and with less cats. He he was pretty foul, yeah. Um, and, and he, but he's very, he's not, once again, it's one of those things where he's smart. He knew, he knew exactly where he stood in this conflict. He's like, well, if I let you cross, I'm going to be able to trade her to the king. And, you know, like... This is definitely where you feel that, you know, mm-hmm. Catelyn had to really make, well, like, like, a good deal. Cat, but Catelyn's like, hey, like, you pledged your your fealty to my father, who pledged his fealty to to the Starks. And so, then he throws it right back at her, but I pledge my loyalty to the king, and the king is Joffrey. Yes, and he's also <laughs> like, well, what has your family done for me? Blah, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. I, it's really interesting because once again we have this tension of like oaths versus like you know you do your best to sort of like take what you can get yeah you know? exactly it's like yeah the oath that does the best by you is what you stick with which is going back to the whole analogy of like robert and a hand they are definitely not a fist they are just a bunch of little fingers wiggling and punching each other mm-hmm. because yeah and the question i think is is now like the phrase basically joined Rob's war by the end of this episode and allowed him to cross. There was a price to be paid for it, but, like, he's, like, Catelyn's like, hey, like, we're gonna be able to cross the river, they're gonna give us some men. Mm-hmm. What do you th- think is gonna, like, what What do you think the outcome is, of that choice is going to be? I, the thing with it is, is, I guess, on Frey's party news, damned if you did, damned if you didn't. Yes. And so he figured he'd try and get something out of it, and the funny thing with him, with him, siding with the Starks like that, he lumped himself in with them, so there's gonna be some repercussions to him if they lose, probably. Maybe not, like, super severe, Mm -hmm. but, I mean, well, if we've seen anything in Joffrey so far, it very well may be. Um, also, very interesting thing that, you know, Robert just, like, straight up doesn't even give a thought to giving Arya away. We -hmm. saw this sort of before where, like, the other brothers, other than Jon Snow, basically did not give their sisters a mind. It's kind of sad like that's something that stuck with me that i really didn't like and mm-hmm. it, and his hard decision was, was like oh you know he's going to you're going to be pledged to someone it's like well how many of the pretty one and that's the only time he hesitated one she said about it's like you know give more pretty yeah yeah give up aria there it's just like keep going on mm-hmm. so that that bugged me it it is it is a little uh tiresome i think but also if we have to go back in history in westeros and figure out how catelyn got to where she was it's very similar yeah uh, you know there were deals made between um you know her father and and the starks to to get her to where she was you mm-hmm. know and it's she was pledged to uh ned's brother before they got married yep, and so and she had no she yeah like like she didn't know ned or have any feelings for ned or have any choice in the matter either and yet it kind of turned out well in the end for yeah, her. but it's a cosmic crapshoot. It is a cosmic crapshoot, because you could end up, you know, married to someone like Joffrey, or... Oh, <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so moving on through the episode. So this becomes a major plot point, obviously, the crossing of the bridge. And then you brought it up yes. later, tr- the phrase, say yes, but there's a price to be paid. Oh, and yeah. Rob's like, I'll pay it, and then that's basically it. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to the wall. Um, oh boy! We had a little bit happen on the wall today. We saw yeah. we saw John be all accepted by everybody now. Yeah. Um, but John also got word of um, what was going on with his dad and his brother, and and this impending war, mm-hmm. and was immediately like, "Oh, I should be there, but I swore an oath. Crap! Exactly. What do I do?" Uh, so, what, what were your thoughts on that? Um, now, just to get something straight. Um, Sam is the old dude's, um, lackey. Yeah, basically. basically. He, okay. Yeah, he's like a steward. Okay, yep. That yeah. makes a lot more sense and why they had that. This is, this was like my, like, when the scene started, I had no idea why that the old dude was, like, goading John, but that was so cool that, you know, he, a Targaryen, was basically talking to him. It's like he had to sit at the wall while his entire 
house fell yeah. and everyone he knew was killed and like not necessarily telling him to go one one way or the other but just telling him that this is going to be a monumental choice in your life and you're going to have to live with it right and i thought that that was that was a masterful scene it's an astonishing revelation i think just because john is so wrapped up in himself there and he's just like you don't know the way i'm feeling oh my you gosh know? yeah i was like all right he pouted someone's going to put him in his place it's coming it's coming and then the guy pulled the targaryen card and was like <gasps> yeah <laughs> It's a really, it's a really interesting revelation in there, and I love the character of, of Maester Aemon slash Aemon okay. Targaryen that we yeah. found about now. Um, so yeah, if you were in Jon's shoes, what do you think you would do? We don't see Jon's decision in this After episode, that, oh but boy. if you were in his place, what do you think you would do? Oh man, that is that is really tough. Like the thing with it is, is he has things going both ways Mm -hmm. but i feel like now that he's gotten to the point where he's in a place where he's accepted and he honestly bonded better with benji than anyone so i feel like he would probably pick wall but you know there's a huge well this isn't what john would pick though it's what you would pick well uh oh my god what (laughs) is he gonna i know because the question is like he i mean like he didn't he did he does have a place there in the law he is accepted but also like it's his family. Yeah, which, holy crap, the commander is Jorah's dad. Yeah, we did find out about that, too. So good. Uh, commander Mormont, Jorah Mormont. You Jorah, know. uh, no, 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 it was Jorah Books. That was his last name. <laughs> Jorah Books. <laughs> um, and... Thrown it back to episode one. Dude, my headcanon is, it's, it's there. It's what it does. <laughs> he was just like... Commander Wallman, and now he's like, you know, adoptive father to Jon Snow. Mm. <laughs> that you got, you, you, that was a heavy vibe. It was hard not to pick up on that. Yes. Um, but. I mean, he, he gave him I, the sword. For, I know. That was his son's sword. And that's why it's so hard for me to even think of what Jon Snow would do, because even though he is like a mopey, very like flight of emotion kind of person. He, he's still very much a child, even yeah, though he's true. in this sort of in-between, like, I'm a man. No, I'm a brother of the Night's Watch. No, I'm a Stark. No, I'm a bastard. No. <laughs> yeah, they just keep on giving him titles. He's mm-hmm. gonna, he's getting, like, titleitis. It's ridiculous. Titleitis. <laughs> um, let's see. But, I honestly think he's gonna choose to stay at the wall, and it's gonna be one of those things where we, the viewers, are surprised mm-hmm. that he's gonna stay with more wall stuff. Right. Because, as much as he would very much love to ride with his family, I feel as if he's you, going to either get talked out of it. It's going to be one of those things where I think he's going to be on, like, the cusp of leaving, and then someone's going to do something else. Or it could just have been, like, the Targaryen dude speech. Yeah. Like, that's all that seals the Good deal. Good old marmalade. Marmalade? Good old marmalade Targaryen. <laughs> marmalade Targaryen. Oh, dear. I know it started with an M, but I didn't catch what you said. It's Maester Aemon. Because Marmalastro Targaryen. Okay, got it. 100%. Oh, dear. Uh, so, yeah, we don't really see the outcome of that one, but we we will find out soon enough, hopefully. Um, but let's yes. move on. They always they always cut us off so short on Wall Oh, stuff. I know. Oh, and I also love how they said that they're going to send, like, the zombie hand to King Joffrey oh, to get yeah. support. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, it's going to go all, like, Adam's family. And he's going to be like, what is that? Do you think that plan's going to go well for them? I think that he's mostly just going to get, like, lash out and be angry and be like, no, stop whining, Knights of the whatever. The, the and, Night's Watch. Yeah. <laughs> well, he wouldn't know. He doesn't care. He's a jerk yes more on joffrey being a jerk later but let's move on let's go to some place you like to talk about okay, let's like talk that. about let's talk about the dothraki and yeah. pectoros oh things are getting weird up in pectoros oh i know and i just love how quickly you're like yeah oh because you realize what happened this episode <laughs> yeah like immediately as soon as the scene started i knew that there was something horrifically wrong and nothing seemed to get better <laughs> yes so so the scene where we first get over to essos with daenerys and drogo and all of them is drogo very sickly tottering on his horse yeah and then he falls off oh my goodness which is once again every time something bad happens it always seems to be some sort of cultural faux pas yeah <laughs> in, in, at least in dothraki land yeah because in dothraki land if you can't ride your horse you can't like lead anyone you so, can't be a king you so can't that lead was, people that was already stacked against them check yeah yep and it's worth noting too as we're talking about this idea of like lineage and blood and honor and duty being important versus like acts and deeds like daenerys doesn't even get this until this episode too exactly where um like it takes jorah being like listen 
Drogo's gonna die. And then... They're gonna come and kill your baby. Maybe rape you. We need to get you out of here. Yeah, that's... That's really interesting because... For the longest time, we thought that, you know, like, she was really getting the culture, but it's funny mm-hmm. to see that that sort of ingrained it's so Western ingrained. side of her was like, well, no, they would never do this to Drogo because ah, da 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 yeah, She's like, I'll be, like, my son's going to be called when when he dies. And she, he's like, and uh, Daenerys, no. no, that's not how that works. No, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so yeah, we have Drogo being sick because of the wound he sustained. Um, I called it. In the last I episode. freaking called it. Uh-huh. Um... But did you call what was going to happen with um, with the witch? <laughs> no. I got so excited. I was like, <gasps> did they say the M word? The magic word? <laughs> they did. And and previously in Game of Thrones, magic has been sort of relegated to, yeah. like, uh, we saw Daenerys touch the burning eggs without yeah. being burnt. It's either that or, Which like... Which was kind of, like, weird. Zombies. We saw we saw the ice zombies, the, the, the White Walkers. We saw... Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else magic really. we They saw. just talked like lore. There's there were some lore things we talked about. Um, there, it's mentioned maybe giants when when we see Hodor. Oh, oh yeah, you know, like giants he, from a place. they're like oh like oh but he's still, got giant in him. But, but I mean like yeah, and a lot of them are just like throwouts. Yes, and like the dragons, they're 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 said to be all dead. Like there's just not really like magic has sort of left the world. It feels like when we start mm-hmm. this, and yet here comes Miri Mazdor. The witch, ah, the yes. Maggie, and there, and and she's like, "Oh, I know some blood magic. It might help." <laughs> and but we need a life, and Amelia is like, "Not the baby." Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, but she then she's like, "I'll need his horse." Yeah. Uh, so what what did you make of the magic in the scene? What did um, you make of that? I I very much like the fact that it's magic that has a lot of weight. I like mm-hmm. magics that are not just like, oh look, I like learned some things and I like had like a lesson about something and now I can like set things on fire. It's like you know I need a life mm-hmm. for a life. I that's a lot better. Yeah. This sounds and like the way she describes it, she's like. She's like, oh, yeah. death would be cleaner than this spell that I'm about to perform. Yeah, and that she would be dancing with death so no one come in there. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then immediately Daenerys goes into, Back, did into she labor. Really, did she, oh my gosh, yeah, she goes into, like, having her baby and then they, like, I can't believe that Jorah actually, like, let her go in there. Oh, well... I, I don't know. It's it's very, like, hazy the way that what whole scene that? is. It very orients you and Daenerys is perspective, you know? So it's just yeah. like, okay, like, what's going on here, you know? Yeah, whether she got pulled back in the tent because, like, the Magi was probably the only person who could help her, or would help her, rather, Maybe. because, like, the Dothraki woman said that she was, you know, like, cursed. Like, yeah, like, she's cursed, she's cursed. No touching! <laughs> so, um, what do you think are the odds of this spell working out that that Miri Mazdor is performing right now? I feel like if nothing happens, it'll honestly work, but seeing as how within, like, the first five minutes of her starting it, like, literally everything happened at once, mm-hmm. I am sort of doubtful that it's actually going to work. Like, I feel like as if everyone respected what she was going to do and just let it happen, it would work. Mm-hmm. Now, once again, we're probably going to have to define alive because he's going to have to pay some sort of a price, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she could, like, make him be a living being. Mm-hmm. Well... We'll have to see, obviously. But yeah, uh, as, once again, I feel gone. as if some things are gonna meddle, and if mm-hmm. Jorah actually walked in that tent, oh lord, not let's... the baby. <laughs> uh, let's talk about to the Doth Rocky here for a second, because at the end of the last couple episodes, we've been seeing this sort of upsurge in the Doth Rocky being like, "Yeah, we're gonna cross the sea. We're gonna we're gonna fight this war that wasn't really ours." Like Daenerys through against the odds has finally like navigated herself into a position of power that she's going to yeah. you know she they're going to fight this war that her brother wanted in the first place and now she wants what do you think the odds of that happening are now? If Drogo goes down, I mean, they have no obligation. They're just going to go back to the your, the standard pillaging, plundering. Mm-hmm. There is, like, the only reason they wanted to do that is because he was charismatic and their leader, and he said, do it. Mm-hmm. Whatever the new leader wants to do is what they're going to do. Is there any way you think that Daenerys could command the same respect? Um, if she, like, threw down with, like, some sick dragon magic. <laughs> well, I mean... But as far as, like, taking a Dothraki whore to get across the sea, are are we saying no, or... It depends on how she plays through this scenario. Uh It could happen, 
But th- something like, I don't know, something drastic is going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. She's going to have to fulfill some type of prophecy or, like, literally pick up a sword and murder, like, five people and then just be like, come <laughs> get some. <laughs> so we're, we're going to need some form of dark magic here is what you're saying, basically, uh, too. Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, or her baby's going to, like, come out fully formed and, like, kill everyone. And and be the Dothraki <laughs> Messiah, Ragu. Yeah, yeah, Ragu. He will come and he will call all their pasta. <laughs> it will be great. <laughs> And he'll come to Westeros, and Westeros will be like, what is this thing? We are Prego! How dare you defy the ragu? <laughs> it's the pasta revolution! <laughs> oh my goodness, and then we'll bring, like, and then they'll, like, sing about, like, empty chairs and at empty tables, and... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. The miserable has sp- slipped out. Uh, yeah, the Le Mis reference actor is a little bit bizarre, but... <laughs> I'm going to go with it. <laughs> I think it is some... I, I oddly think it applies. I'm just thinking of Pex now singing Les Miserables on <laughs> dragons in Westeros. Like, with just... like, no, an anthropomorphic peck of pasta sauce <laughs> on a dragon singing French songs. I'm just okay, picturing... I'm, done. I'm just picturing, like, Khal Drogo being like, empty chairs at empty tables. Just grunting it. <laughs> I feel like he's singing it to his horse because he'd be too like embarrassed to tell anyone else. <laughs> Which his horse is dead. That, how well is that going to go over? Yeah, if he wakes true. Up? And the Dothraki don't break out into song. You know, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> they might twerk for him, but they would do nothing else. <laughs> they don't. They don't sing. It's just a little bit wrong. Like they would. Oh my goodness! Really it's like weird. cat don't dance. <laughs> Dothrakis don't dance. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking this in a real weird direction. This went really weird really this is, fast. This is what happens when you don't give me a recap to get out all this weird. <laughs> oh, but I like it. It's good. Yay. Um. So, yeah. So, we've already mentioned that war seems to be, like, the direction everything is headed. And conveniently enough, we get our first real uh, battle <laughs> in this war. <laughs> our first real battle with lots of quotes. With lots of quotes around it. So, yeah, uh, Tyrion, Tyrion <laughs> takes his barbarian horde into battle in this episode. <laughs> Recap for us just that scene, because it's brilliant. <laughs> it's probably one of the best things. He wakes up, and there's like, the war is happening. He's like, what? And he gets dressed in his, like, cute little armor, and he, like, walks out there, and people are doing stuff. And there's randomly, like, one guy just, like, messing with, like, herbs, because, like, you know... They're very important to battle. You gotta season your swords or whatever. <laughs> and then he goes and is like, "Yeah, all you people, we're going to do this and fight." And they're like, "Hey, don't forget about the painted dogs." Yeah, and that gang too. And um, they're like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, let's go. Come on, half man, half man, half man, half man." And then they just start. <laughs> they just start running, and he's not there with them. <laughs> and he just gets beaten with the hammer. And like, an immediate comment is like. Is is he dead before the battle? Did he get killed in his own home camp? <laughs> what? I mean, like, he just, like, got friendly killed. Yes. Friendly fire was definitely not off. Nope. And yet and yet he wakes up. And, and yet he, like, wakes up on the battlefield. I think it's hilarious because yes. either he stumbled out there, like, half dead or, like, they dragged him out there. <laughs> and then, like, Braun is carting him around. Yeah. And, and Braun is, and he's like... Bron, did we win? And Bron's like, you you wouldn't be here if we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And he's like, how did my barbarians do? And, and they're, they're like, just murdering. They're just people. murdering everybody. They're just like, and the thing with it is, I wonder, I would have liked to look more closely to see if some of them were just Lannister people that had gotten oh, injured I don't know. too. And they were just like indiscriminately My killing. favorite is the barbarian lady who's like sawing off the guy's ear on the ground. She's just like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I missed her. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, that's what she was doing. Yeah, I was she like, was like sawing oh, she, off a guy's ear. Oh, and then she picked something up. I, okay. Okay, so she sawed off his ear. Yes. <laughs> and then Tywin Lannister comes by. Oh, because she like, was ear lady. Oh, yeah, that's right. She did. She had the chain of ears around. Yeah, because there was ear lady. I forgot, but, so very charming. Yes. Uh, but then Tywin comes by, and he's like, oh, Tyrion, you survived. And then Tyrion's <laughs> and like, like... only despite you, basically. Yeah, he's basically like, don't don't act so happy, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, but before that, we have an introduction of a new character. <gasps> um, oh, man. Sassy foreign lady. Sassy foreign lady. Yep. Yes. Uh, um, Do we ever get her name? She says uh, uh, her name, and it's kind of funny. He, like he says, like, uh, 
like she, he walks in, he sees her in his tent, and then he's, <laughs> she's like, "Who do you want me to be?" Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, and like, what your mother called you? I think that's interesting that Braun just like found her and picked her up from someone else's tent. Yes, and he's like, "Oh, where'd you get her from?" Well, three tents down. <laughs> <laughs> and then they play this drinking game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So her name is Shay. Oh. Um, and they play this drinking game in which Tyrion's like, I'm good at reading people, so let me read your past. Oh my god. And we're gonna play this drinking game. And he gets annihilated. Yeah, he gets annihilated by her. He, yeah, he's able to read Bronn 100%. Oh, yeah. And Bronn doesn't seem to care. He's just like, whatever. <laughs> that is very much Bronn. Yes. He is, like, literally made... He's, like, covered in saran wraps or anything that ever gets thrown at him just, like, sort of mm-hmm. slides off and he's like, eh. Just, Yeah. Um, but what did you make of this this new pairing? I like her a lot. She mm-hmm. was very interesting character and very good for Tyrion. I hope they make many babies. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think it's interesting too. We we get um, so, wait, Tyrion's wait. background this episode too a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we we've been sort of like peeling back the layers on Tyrion slowly in this mm-hmm. first season. He as started he sort of bumbles around. Yeah, that's true. But he did start as a not very not very sympathetic character, I guess. Like, he was just not as sympathetic, mainly because he was, like, square in House Lannister, and we were just, yeah. like, at the beginning, we were like, Lannisters. ew, Lannisters. Yeah, but, well, the thing with it is, is every day for him is, like, a fight for his own survival, because we're just seeing these sectioned-off things of Tyrion. Mm-hmm. I mean, still, if we look at the big picture, we really, in the grand scheme of things, shouldn't like him. <laughs> yeah, but even so, like, he's, like, the black sheep of House Lannister. Yeah. 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 And so, but anyway, like... Um, but you, we get his background about how he fell in love with this woman because he, he oh and, and Jamie rescued her from rapists. Oh my gosh. And that he married was... her and then it was all Dude. revealed to be a lie. Yeah. What did you make of this background? I, it's very interesting. Whenever Jamie does something, it always seems to just go horribly. <laughs> I mean, I suppose, yes. I mean, everything we've heard up to this point, I mean, other than, like, killing the king, and even that has been, like, sort of, like, you know... He, he took a lot of fire for, for that. Exactly. So anytime Jamie is, like, really acting on his own, it's it's always been... And it's interesting, it's always been something surprising, like, something drastic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, pushing Bran out a window, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my brother hasn't slept with someone, let's, like, make this elaborate situation for him. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, because... The way we see Tyrion now, it's hard to ever imagine him as being, like, you know, an innocent character. But it's mm-hmm. funny, because he just, like, talks about that and how, you know, like, he would never even be able to, like, talk to women without shaking. And, I mean, obviously, Tyrion now, he's the god of tits and wine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny, too, though, how, like, he said, like, Tyrion, like, we've seen him as this, like, lecherous, you know, like, womanizer throughout the the thing. And then, like, he talks about, like his first experience with a woman ever, yeah, and his he first seemed very, very different and, there. Yeah, and he was very genuine that scene. There was, like, no Stark snark. Yes. It was just... <laughs> Stark. It was... That slips out. <laughs> it, was, it was just very genuine, and it was interesting, and that's kind of why Shay was all like, you know, like, you're still innocent. <laughs> and she's like, I'm gonna divergenize you, and even then, though it's not possible now. And then Ron's like, well... Time to find one for me. <laughs> That's my cue to leave. Boop, 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 Oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting pairing that starts this episode. Really interesting background for Tyrion. Uh, and on the background, do you think Jamie maybe meant to do a nice thing for him, or do you think it was torture? Do you think he was just torturing I think, Tyrion? I think most of the time Jamie tries to do something good for the people he loves, but mm. it just is too unwieldy and not right. Do you think, but, so... And maybe it's because, like, his father's always been making his decisions for him, and he doesn't really know how to do stuff himself. Maybe. Or with his sister. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a very thi- big thing that Joffrey and he are very much fed what they are supposed to do. Right. So when he steps out on his own, it's hard for him. Yeah. And while we're talking about Jamie, let's talk about the major development for Jamie this oh. episode. While the, the Lannisters were fighting this big war, uh... Ah. Rob was ambushing um, Jamie, mm-hmm. um, and they they successfully capture Jamie and defeat Jamie's force like, there. Yeah, his little like entourage or whatever, and they yeah. catch him. They do. Uh, so, what do you make of this? Well, it's not going to be freaking helpful for the terms that they want if they want an alive Ned Stark. Yeah, trade trade a Jamie for an alive Ned Stark. Yeah. So now <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Jamie because mm-hmm. he's still a bargaining piece, but. 
What are I they going to bargain wh- for? Exactly. Are they just going to bargain for sisters? Or, like, are they going to bargain for, like, you know... Well, you could bargain for things. sisters all day, but how would that look if you traded Jamie Lannister, Kingslayer, Legendary Knight, for Sansa you know. Stark? Because yeah, that's exactly. the only Stark they have. They don't have Arya. Yeah. But- Arya's, like, killing pigeons and, like, not getting food. <laughs> um, But it's interesting because, I mean... At this point, I don't see what they'll do with Jamie. Like, I don't, other than just like straight up retribution, which is dumb, which I don't think that they'll do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really gonna be interesting to see what happens to Jamie going forward because I have absolutely no yeah. idea. A lot of his season one character development sort of hinges upon the other Lannisters that he interacts with. Yes. Uh, whether it be Cersei or Tywin or Tyrion, you know, like mm-hmm. he's always like in a conversation with someone else. Oh, yeah. You know? Or even Barista. <laughs> um,. But yeah, so let's move on to the final and probably most memorable scene of this episode. Uh, it begins with them dragging uh, Ned Stark. Yeah, he's still hobbling. Yep. So why don't why don't you recap this scene in every excruciating detail? Oh my God. Okay. Well, first Arya's like everyone's running to the town center. Stuff's going down, and as everyone is yelling timber, she is running mm-hmm. and running and. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I I let a dumb song reference come out of my face because I saw Pitch Perfect 2 and I loved it. <laughs> and um, so she yes, just like, running. runs and there's everyone is just like, just like, ah, oh, you suck. You're the worst, Ned. We hate you. Sign this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you're going to Sean Bean it up. And he's like. Oh my god, I'm gonna Sean Bean it up. And he sees, like, that one night dude, and he sees Arya up there, and he's he just, like, they have that, like we had mentioned before, that sort of, like, bro moment between yeah. them, where he, like, gets that he has to get Arya, Arya, because she is gonna, she's gonna try and intervene, and she's gonna get wrecked. Mm-hmm. He knew that. Or maybe he just doesn't want Arya to see what's about to happen. That, too. I think he just wanted it for any contingency. Mm-hmm. And, but he knows that Sansa would be covered, mm. or at least... If he's dead, it would be different. But then he, like, goes up there, and, um, Maestro, Maestro... Pycelle. That is <laughs> all up there, and he's like, you know, Baylor is a god of all these things, and also mercy. Because, you know, he's been fed the lines by Xerxes, and he's like... Joffrey's like, oh, he's set, and then, like, oh my goodness, it was, it was almost more painful than his death to watch Ned yeah. spit out that, you know, he yeah. committed treason, and that Joffrey is the true king, like... You could just say, I the good job Sean B on the every that word. because every word was like poison to him. He oh, didn't yeah. want to say you any see. of it. He's forced to explain like yes, you know, I recant of yes, all these I'm, terrible things. Yeah, I, like before Robert was dead, I was already plotting to take the throne and, and do the thing and murder Joffrey. <gasps> Gas no, which was legitimately the exact opposite of what yes, he was doing but that's what he was accused of exactly so he knew what he had to say and mm-hmm. he did that and was like oh my god is this actually gonna turn out okay for him and then game of thrones is like no joffrey's a dick he ruins everything <laughs> <laughs> and he like joffrey's all like my mommy told me to do this and sansa wants me to do this but i have the heart of a man and so i'm going to kill him and immediately everybody's like, like oh, yeah crap. yeah well the crowd's like yeah woo but yes. everyone up there's like Oh, oh no. and it's even funny because oh, no. he's just like, no, Joffrey, Joffrey, Joffrey calm down. No, 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 Joffrey, no, 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 bad Joffrey. I think Varys is just like rushing over there yeah, being like. That was very good because like in the other scenes where crazy things has happened, Varys has not moved, but in that he scene plays it he cool. moved. Yeah. And even, and even, I think there's like one shot of Baelish where like uh, of Littlefinger and Littlefinger's a little bit like, uh, uh, uh. What, oh, I didn't see like, I, mean? I didn't see the, uh, because like before he was just kind of like hot and he was relishing in it because I, I think he would have much rather have seen Ned Stark languish as That's like true. some sort of like exiled thing. Oh my goodness. He probably made like day trips out to the water. Like, hee, 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 hee. <laughs> Guess who I can see that you can't. Catelyn, Catelyn. <laughs> yes. He's just thinking of Catelyn the whole time. Yeah. Because. While the net is away, little thing you can play. <laughs> that was, oh my gosh, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen, Zach. That little, like, he just, like, wiggled his pinky finger, finger very, like, suggestively. I didn't know it was possible to wiggle a finger suggestively, but he did it. Well, Cameron, you're fine. <laughs> and scene. So, um, but yeah, and then, like, Dude pulls out a freaking, like, Cloud Strife sword and's like, all right, chop his head off. Yeah. And that's all, like, looking at the crowd like, they hate me. 
I've done my duty. Peace. And then he gets killed. Yeah, and he then he Sean Beans it up. Like, I told him not to. I told you not to do that, Sean Bean. But what did you do? <laughs> you did that thing you do. <laughs> um, yeah, that did happen. Uh, we have a clip of, I, I, of that we recorded of Zach's reaction to this. I, I had this our recorder set up just in anticipation of this I moment. should have known. Um, so I recorded it. Here it is. Oh, Sean Beaned. Dude. That's the worst. Are you okay, Zach? No! This is garbage! <laughs> so, Zach, that was pretty brutal for you, wasn't it? I, I would like to say to all of those people at HBO... I hear you're taking, like, licenses to the book with the new things you're doing to the show. Why not there? Why? Why not there? Wh- but, I it's mean, was like his, you didn't see this his, coming, though. It, I know, but was his contract too expensive? Couldn't you have kept him on? T- <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't it have been, like, the series premiere next time? Just let me have a whole season of Ned Stein? It's not like we haven't talked about the whole, like, death flags, though, that you knew were popping out of him. You, even from, like, episode two or three, I the know. episode where, like, And he's like, he, he said the, the, the most stereotypical. He's like, we'll talk when we get back. He's obviously dead. Yeah. To John. Y- you knew it was coming. And the little kid, the little kid premonition, like his youngest son being like, no, they're not coming back. Daddy and mommy are not coming back. Is like, oh. oh it, it is a little crap. bit sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, again, not ex- unexpected. My question is, Ned Stark's death changes a lot politically for the world. Be- oh, and we had goodness. a couple major political shakeups between Robert dying uh, the successful battles of the Starks, where now they look like a, th- a threat, plus yeah. the death of Ned Stark, plus Ned's f- like very public proclamation that Stannis is the rightful king. What do you think the state of Westeros is going to be like? Yeah, because Stannis is not. He's saying Joffrey's king. I mean, this changes a lot. Because that public act definitely will throw things more Lannister way, and it's gonna make the Starks look more like villains. Because if there are any doubts now, Ned has gone up there and said that. Mm-hmm. And the implications of that are, for whoever few people are harboring against Toby's, like, you know, this is all just some sort of blot. I'm, there, a lot of those people are gonna be cut. <laughs> Right. And it's also going to enrage they who are fighting for House Stark. So I feel as if it has made war even more inevitable if the people in charge of the armies do not rein in the masses. Gotcha. So this has basically become a battle of, like, public representation in your mind. Kind of. Yeah. And, I mean, the thing with it is, is Joffrey wanted it to be, like, this sort of, like, no one crosses me, but he's gonna find that that may not have been the most smart choice. Right. It it may not have been. Um, let's, let's talk about sort of these, these big contenders then, because, of course, Joffrey's already on the throne, um, and he's basically, even though he's a Baratheon child by name, he very mm-hmm. much is, like, Lannister. 100,000 And, and with, with Tywin being sort of, like, like <sighs> the, the military might behind him. Uh, mm-hmm. so we have, we have that. We also have Rob, uh, Stark, uh, who is leading so far as of this episode a pretty successful war campaign? Yeah, um, and also we have uh, Daenerys across the sea who is, still wants to become queen, and finally Stannis, who we haven't seen yet in the show, <laughs> yeah. but uh, has been is Adventure. the rightful heir. So, out of all these people, with with the fate of the throne finally being on the line, boy. What do you think of all these these contenders? What do you think of all these players? Who's got the best shot? I feel like Joffrey has an unfortunately fantastic chance to stay where he is, which is just terrible because it's like the thing where, you know, you're playing King of the Hill and the other people only have one road to get up there. He's there and everyone's already sort of barricaded him into the spot where he can safely be king, even if he's an idiot about it, which he mm-hmm. will be because I hate him. Right. And also because he will be. <laughs> And yet, they mention uh, earlier on when they talk about the idea of, like, the Dothraki being a threat, like, if if whoever's king decides to hold themselves up when the Dothraki come, and they don't go out there to try and protect the Dothraki, then, like, they're no king worth following, and the people will turn against you. 
So if but, Joffrey holds up, that could be his fate. Well, yeah, that's the problem. If the Dothraki make it, which in this episode, it does not look fantastic mm-hmm. for a Dothraki crossing the sea effort. But let's just not say even, let's say even not the Dothraki, let's say even any army starts doing this. Hmm. The thing with it is, is he still has such backing power, and mm-hmm. Tywin will literally throw every resource he has, which is extensive lot, and more than what he's probably pulling even at this mm-hmm. point. It would be... Oh my goodness, it would be crazy. Like, the thing with it is, is the chances that Joffrey would ever even have to step out onto a battlefield are very slim. Mm-hmm. And think about it, because he can just have Jamie be his champion, which everyone would love and be great with. Except Jamie's been captured. But, well, you know. I mean, idea like Lannister thoughts. Right. So, I don't know. They're in a good place to sit where they're at, and everyone else is, like, sort of... They really... They're going to have to move and shake to make anything happen. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to give it to, to Joffrey. To Joffrey. Yeah. yeah. Um, but let's talk about something that's an interesting revelation in this episode, that... Before, they, everybody sort of scoffed at the notion of Rob being, like, a contender in all this. And yet, he kind of played a really yes. good strategic game this episode. Yeah, and it was... A, I love how he had that, like, speech afterwards of, like, you know, we'll have many more battles to win, and this, you know, wasn't necessarily even the greatest thing to happen. Like, you know... Even though capturing Jamie is, like, a big blow to the Lannisters. To the Lannisters, there's so much to do, and I mean, like... Don't get cocky. Mm-hmm. Keep your, like keep everything in perspective because he's really starting to like get where he's at, and it's right. sad because he literally had to sacrifice two thousand men. Yeah, but he won by playing. A, I mean, he took strategic losses to win that. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think a lot of people kind of looked at this notion like, oh, like he's just a boy. There's but no way he's shaping up to be a pretty decent leader. Right. Um. Well, I think we can segue now into our weekly questions since we've kind of gone through the whole episode. Okay. Uh, I know some major events have happened here and might change some of your answers that we've been getting here. So mm. let's go with Stark of the Week since a lot of Star- I think all the Starks appeared in this episode with the exception of Bran back in Winterfell and Rickon. Yeah. So you have a lot of choices for Stark of the Week. So who do you think gets your Stark of the Week vote this week? I mean, let's think about what all the Starks did. Robert has a sort of, like, up-and-down scale for me. He's made, like, some very smart strategic things, but I didn't like that he necessarily, like, sold himself to Frey. Mm-hmm. Um, you could give it to Catelyn for negotiating that. Cat- yeah, that that's one, something that happened, like, sort of behind the scenes, but it's definitely very impressive, seeing as, like, when that scene cut, we didn't think they were going to get anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have Arya for making a go of it against all odds. You have Sansa, who... Almost negotiated her father's thing, yeah. And the thing with it is, is if the game was being played by the rules that were set by everyone else but Joffrey, Ned would have been playing a very good game Mm -hmm. as much as it pained him to do it. Right. Which, I don't... But when you play against Joffrey, like, you know, that like just he's Yeah, the thing with it is, is, yeah, there, no one, he's in his own playing field when he goes, and it, he seems very much like Jamie in that respect when he does stuff on his own. He's like, I play by my own rules, because exactly. I'm Joffrey. Because I'm Joffrey. <laughs> um, so who do you give it to, though? Honestly, I mean, Stark of the Week, it's actually really close between Ned and Robert. Mm-hmm. Because the thing of it is, is as much as I hated what happened to Ned and everything, he really stood up there and did something that stretched himself beyond what he ever should have. Like, that was his first time that he went, and it's funny, because the first time he ever went into their tactics, he gave away his only chance to let anyone else know about the information that he knew. Mm-hmm. Like, with him dies the fact that anyone else knew that Joffrey is by no means a rightful heir. Well, he did kind of spread that knowledge, though, to Stannis. He gave the message to Stannis, yeah, because okay, he because he mentioned. had to let Stannis know, like, hey, like you're the rightful heir because them kids are bastards. Mm, okay, I forgot about that, but still, I mean, the fact that he didn't let the rest of his family know, his family doesn't know. Which well, I think they know sucky. too because like really? the word got out, like he made it public knowledge that like the accusation was put out there. Oh, and, and that's part of what the treason was. Yeah, that's part of what the treason okay. was. Mm-hmm. It's like it's almost like saying like you know like. It's it, what you did was treasonous, you know. Yeah, but then he had to go off take backsies. Yeah, um, I'm honestly gonna give it more to Robert because he did step up and do some yeah. surprisingly like great things for House Stark. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't like some of the stuff he did, I think it goes to Rob this week. Yeah, 
Well, that's. I, I think it's a fair thing to give it to him, because I think out of all the Starks, he plays it best. Yeah, he had definitely played, like, the strongest hand mm-hmm. this time. And, I mean, Catelyn did great, but, yeah. once again, she was a liaison. Right. Unfortunately. Well, maybe that maybe makes him more suited for the next category of who would get the crown, because we have a lot of power players in this episode, and she's definitely one of them. Boy. So who gets the tough. crown this week? If you had to give someone the crown based off of how well they played the game, in this episode alone, who would get it? You know, I might want to give it to Varys. Varys? For getting Rob to play to peace. Well, is Rob playing to peace, though? I think he's playing to war. Well... He, he, t- he told Ned to play to peace, but I don't think Rob is playing for peace. He's playing... For keeps well, yeah. now. Yeah, he's... Pl- well, that's true. I guess it wouldn't have made much of a difference. I I think that is a very good point. If you have to work who is doing the best for the crown, it's definitely Catelyn, because she pulled a deal out. Like, that was one of my big, like, sort of jaw-drop moments when she actually even... She negotiated like, successfully with... To get across Frey. with, you know, like, Filch. Filch. <laughs> Filch of the fray. Yes. Um, to, like get through there mm-hmm. that was i don't know i think it, the, she deserves the most because she did like the most impressive sort of like political thing that time True. because their houses were very much not she friends. took something that was a bad situation and somehow pulled it out to be good in the end to make to make it what they needed not necessarily good but to make it what they that's needed. that's true i i think it's that's an important distinction too but still it was probably one of the more impressive like social things that mm-hmm. happened it was between her and Varys, and I think that she wins out because Varys is, did not end so well. <laughs> um, let's talk about the plans, too, and specifically the ones that are hanging over unresolved at the end of this episode. So we have Daenerys's plan uh, to try talking deal Drogo. Yeah, best plan, worst plan. Uh, you know, Daenerys is Daenerys has got this plan to try and heal Drogo through some dark magic. Uh, Joffrey had this plan, like, ooh, let's. No, it would be a good idea, making me look good by killing Ned. A lot of plans hanging over at the end of this episode. Who had the best one? Who had the worst one? I'm trying to decide between worst, whether it's Joffrey or or Khaleesi. With Daenerys using dark magic? I'm... It's... Because I'm going to probably give it to um, Daenerys, just because Joffrey has the wiggle room to fall back on people. All she... Only only people she has to fall back on is Jorah. That's true. So I think that hers she, is the so worst part out plan? because, I mean, the, and it's more because Joffrey is in a position where he can fall back on people if he screws up. Mm-hmm. She is not. And the Dothraki are not a people you'd want to have, you know, after you. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the best plan. Who, who would you want to give best plan to? Best plan. Um, I think the Stark plan to capture Jamie was fantastic. Right. Unfortunately, it's not going to work out the way they would like it to, but it's still... They still like, have a very powerful bargaining chip exactly. to get whatever and they would like, want. And, like, to Tywin, aside from Joffrey, that may be, like, the second biggest bargaining piece. True, because Tywin's all about his legacy. Exactly. And since Jamie is, like, the eldest, but not the king, I feel he gets second. Yeah. Well, let's, let's move on to how hopeful you feel. I know we had a major character death... So out of ten, one, on a scale of one to ten, how hopeful are you feeling? But the Starks are doing well for themselves. I mean, they've come into the game and they're but doing they've lost well. their patriarch. I know, but still, I. How I are you know. feeling right now? They're score feisty. score one out of ten. Well, I, I mean, say, feeling boom hopeful. Uh, we're probably at like a four. Four. But there is like room for there to be hope in my heart. We're not down yeah. to like a one. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that in mind, I want to sort of introduce a new segment into this weekly wrap-up. It maybe won't happen <sighs> weekly, oh, but I think we need to have an in-memoriam section. <laughs> in-memoriam? Oh, God. For, because Ned Stark this is the better first... not be weekly. <laughs> well, he's the first character, though, that that we've sort of really become what? very attached to. Do you want me to, to say some words? The like my heart will go on. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to say some words, Zach, in honor of Ned Stark, now's the time to say them. So, okay, so this is how this segment works. Um, Ned Stark, you are a noble and pretty darn cool dude. I wish your sword fight with Jamie had gone through because, at the very least, both of you would have been dead at the same time, if not Jamie. And um, I wish you had a dire wolf so that it could have, like, Dusex dire wolfed Joffrey or something. Also, um, I'm sure your family would do decently, and thank you for your service. And I'm sorry that your last action that was unhonorable was the thing that you had to go out on. I love you. Sean Bean, come back into some other character in this show. 
if rest that is in even peace. possible. Rest, R.I.P. in peace. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was our in memoriam section. We, I will tell you, Zach, we're going to have this section more. Maybe not weekly, but, but it's going to be a thing. But it's going to be a thing where some of them are nice and some of them are just like, yeah, <laughs> and I pee on them in audio format, however that is possible. <laughs> I just want to take a moment, too, so. to celebrate that in Zach's eyes, Ned Stark won Stark of the Week several times. He was a great he was a great character, and yes. I'm sad to see him go, and I wanted to see him grow more. He also won the crown a few times, according to you. I think I it was like know. two or three times, maybe? He would have done just fine. <laughs> but he, Except that everyone else is crooked and crap. <laughs> so, but yes, rest in peace, Ned Stark. R.I.P. Honor. <laughs> R.I.P. Honor and dignity and all good and honorable things. So the rest of the show is going to just be like people slinging poop at each other. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> well, we will see. Uh, well, Zach, it's been fun watching you watch as usual, even in the most agony you've been in so far agony. with this episode. <laughs> I, um... I, I've enjoyed it. This episode was a particular delight for me. It, I hope it's been a particular delight for you if you've been listening to these. Uh, if you've been watching uh, the show before and you've been watching this and knowing what Zach's been going through and waiting for this moment, yeah, I hope the payoff was worth it for you. It was worth it for me. Also, let me mention that if you have not watched a TV show and you have watched this first by some weird, crazy happenstance, please watch the TV show. It is fantastic. Yes, please, please watch it. I, I mean, like... And you can take this journey with Zach. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have a friend that has watched Game of Thrones and has not shared it with you, be like, hey, let's sit down and watch this together. Or if you are someone who has watched Game of Thrones and has a friend who has not seen it, break out your DVDs, your 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 HBO Now, your, your HBO Blu-rays, Go, whatever you got. <laughs> just just find just just find it and and share it with your friends because this is yeah. been so entertaining. And feel free to break out the questions, because, I mean, for me personally, it's been very great to be able to talk this stuff out and do this, because what you, the people who have watched the show before, like, marathoned it, have had is, like, more time between episodes to sort of process and talk to people. I yeah. I don't get really that opportunity, so... We're trying to keep this people. true to the experience of how we, the people who have originally seen the show, I would have to do it. So, literally, we do record these once, once a week. Zach doesn't get to watch... <laughs> episodes like he like there's, there's usually I'm a turnaround good. period yeah so so i i we're, we're keeping it true to that experience where zach's kept in some suspense here Ugh. um so yes but we're going to be moving into season two here in the near future mm-hmm. so if you got questions for zach leading questions that you want to have to see him answer uh shoot them our way uh we yes. we want to hear them you can connect with us on our youtube channel uh mm-hmm. it's useful npcs uh, you can reach us on Twitter at UsefulNPCs. We're also on Tumblr, uh, so check us out. Yeah, UsefulNPCs uh, again. Yeah, UsefulNPCs. <laughs> uh, you can also check out our YouTube channel. We have some gaming videos. I'm actually playing yeah. right now through uh, Telltale's Game of Thrones <gasps> mm-hmm. game. I can't watch it yet. He says it's not safe. It's, it's true. <laughs> we, might be, we might be able to address this maybe a couple seasons down the line. But yes. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, if your friends are watching this and say, oh, can I watch the Telltale thing? Do not let them. Don't let them do it. <laughs> there are some spoilers in there for the TV show. Uh, but yeah, so if you so if you enjoyed this, you might enjoy that Let's Play. So you can yes. give that you can give that a look. Uh, so please connect with us. Um, yeah, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Zach loves you. I, Cameron doesn't know how to love. He's a robot, sadly. I, I'm very cold. But that's because <laughs> I have I've made it through four now into five seasons of Game of Thrones, and are I've had saying, my hope stash. Are you saying that I'm not gonna have a heart when this is through? Oh, Zach. <laughs> Oh, my lands. You know nothing, Zach. You know nothing, Zach Snow. (laughs) Um, So, yes. So if you've been enjoying this, please like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell your friends about us. Uh, Keep watching. Make sure to tune in next time for the finale, because I'm sure Zach's going to have a lot to say Uh, after this. There will be words. (laughs) There will be full head cannon discussions. There will be. I can can nearly guarantee it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Bye. See ya. (laughs) 